Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Palachuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl. It's August, and I'm here with Mr. James Kernan. Welcome, sir. Hey, hey, Carl. Good to so be you're here. gonna you're gonna step up here. You're you're gonna be like the main man on this podcast for for the future. So, at least for the immediate future. <laughs> well, I can't wait. No, I, I love the podcast. I love our guests, and I love the format. So uh, happy to get more involved. Very cool. So, so I last saw you at ChannelCon. How how was that for you? ChannelCon was a blur and a blast all at the same time. So, what uh, blur asked? I mean, how, how do I say that one word? Um, but yeah, it was it it was a lot of fun. It was uh, you guys had a very cool booth. It was uh, fun being there. Uh, didn't realize I took so many goofy pictures uh, with my face in the robot uh, canvas. Hey. Happy to have them. I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I, I loved our booth. I. I. I made. It's one of those things where we stumbled onto a lot of uh, uh, luck and and success at the same time, and it may never be repeated. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I was posting up pictures, and I was. I was. I sort of shocked because I actually knew the names of every single pe- person whose picture I posted, and I'm like, I didn't think I was that good at names, but maybe I am. So. Uh, or maybe after like 10 or 20 years of meeting the same person, you finally remember their name. I saw people's pictures online and I'm like, I didn't know she was there. I didn't know he was there. I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk to, you know. So uh, yeah, it's it's such a great event, but there's so much going on that uh, uh, anyway, it it leads into our question of the day. How many, here's our MSP question of the day. How many events should an MSP attend in a year? If you if you consider events ranging from monster things, you know, five, six, seven thousand people, all the way down to the little events, channel pros and tech fests and so forth uh, of the world, I would say a minimum of one. I, I think you have to at least one time in your life escape from your business for a day and talk to other business owners. Because the online world is exactly not the same. And um, no matter how well connected we think we are, talking to real human beings and saying, oh, man, I have the same issue. Oh, I was trying to hire this guy, blah, 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 right? Um, so I think a minimum of one. And in a, you know, in a perfect world, I'd say one a quarter. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you read my mind, Carl. I was going to say four. Um, and uh, that's ambitious, but I I like the answer one to four because uh, there are some big ones that are, I think are really good, like ChannelCon, and then there's some smaller intimate ones. Uh, but I would I would challenge the question by saying another question on top of it: What's your purpose to go to these MSP events? Absolutely. You know, what's your purpose? You know, what's your goal? Why would you go? And everybody's answer is going to be different, but I would say, you know, why I go, there's two reasons why I go. Number one, I want to learn. I want to learn something new. So I'm there for the content, number one. And number two, I'm there to network. So I ran into so many familiar faces there. Um, And on purpose, this is not, 
everybody's favorite thing to do, but I'm kind of kooky like Carl, where I would deliberately sit down at the meals to tables where I knew absolutely nobody. And I also sat at several tables during Channel Con where there was like no conversation at all. And I just sat down and I just started talking to people. And in our industry, as we know, there's a lot of introverts, uh, but it's shocking to me, specifically just last week, of how many people I sat down and I they were completely quiet. I asked them one question and then they just exploded with a conversation. And uh, those were some of my favorite memories of, of last week were just those conversations at those tables. But I, I do like think everybody has something to say. They just need to be asked to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and and there were a lot of people just there by themselves. And uh, so that's interesting. But there's so many friendly uh, friendly faces that are from the channel that are there. Again, it's like the who's who of, of events. But anyway, what a great question. What a great question. I, I, My answer would be one to four like yours. Right. I do love your emphasis on intention. Uh, I, I love the people who come up to me and they say things like, uh, there are three people I want to meet here. Have you seen James, right? They're like, I'm looking for, you know, these three people. James is one of them, right? And I want to shake their hand and, and you know, whatever. Uh, they just want to make uh, an actual contact in the real world. And then there's other people who say, you know, I want to meet somebody. They'll They'll ask a question like, uh, have you talked to anybody who is right now having trouble finding people because I want to share some challenges and strategies and, and get some new mental DNA, right? So mm -hmm. when people do that, I know that they, they without knowing they follow your advice, they're following your advice and they're, they're, they're showing up with the intention. Here's my tick list of things I'm going to achieve at this event. And yeah. uh, I think that's huge because a lot of people do just show up and kind of wander around and, you know, they're sitting there checking their email during the breaks and just like, dude, like, go, <laughs> go do something. <laughs> yeah, because those, you know, when you take time out of your office, I remember how busy I was as a MSP owner operator, right? Uh, your time is super valuable. Uh, and it's also expensive when you go to some of these trips, you know, traveling nowadays is not cheap. So you need to be intentional and come up with goals of why you want to be there and then focus on that because you can very easily wander around and get lost, uh, you know, when at a big conference like that. So, yep, absolutely. So, uh, so that's all good. And speaking of events, uh, I want to make sure you get a chance. You, you have an event coming up in Scottsdale. It's already next month. Can you believe that? I know. I can't. Didn't you just do an event summer. yesterday? <laughs> yeah, it, it sure feels like it. Yeah, I, I still have bags in my office. I haven't unpacked from my last event. But uh, yeah, it's coming up like a freight train. Really excited about this one, Carl. It's probably, I don't know, truthfully, it's it's probably, it will be my best one to date. Uh, and I really love the location. So we've got great speakers lined up. Um, I've got two full days of content. It's a Thursday, Friday. It's September what 28th and 29th. So September 28th, 29th, it's the last Thursday, Friday of September. So it should be much cooler in Arizona by then. But it's- uh, You mean 101. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a dry heat, right? So it's a dry heat. It's still boiling hot. No, it's uh, it it should be cooler, and it's at the Talking Stick uh, 
resort. And the Talking Stick, if you've not been there before, it is incredible. It's a golf club. It's a spa. It's a casino. And we've got the red carpet rolled out for us there by the, the leadership. Um, so uh, anyway, I'm really excited about it because the venue is spectacular. The food is over the top. We feed everybody uh, with glorious meals and breakfast and lunch, uh, but we've got some fun activities and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a great event. And our events aren't huge, you know. Again, a perfect example. You're going to learn a ton and you're going to meet some great people. But it'll be uh, uh, normally our events are around uh, forty to fifty people, uh, with some strategic partners there as well. You're there to learn and network. So I just learned just now. That the talking stick is actually a golf club. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. So there you yeah. go. So hand me the talking think... stick and then I'll I'll see if I can putt here. So yeah, that's uh that's awesome. They got a top golf there and uh and then it's a big spot as well. So you're into massages and all that fun stuff, you could do that too. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's coming up uh, quickly. Well. Uh, where I live, September is still a hot month, and I, I just can't imagine that uh, Phoenix is going to be much cooler. But anyway, I hope that you have a nice, balmy 95 degrees there and you enjoy it. So <laughs> I do want to say one last uh, thing. Uh, shout out. Uh, the National Society of IT Service Providers is having elections in September. So August is the month to run for office. Every single uh, a seat is open in the sense of uh, we have uh, about half of the board is up for election, about half of each committee is up for election. And so no matter where you want to serve, this is your opportunity. You do have to be a paid member in order to run for office, but you know, it's 150 bucks a year for your entire company. So there's absolutely no excuse for anybody in IT to not pony up one hour's worth of labor. Uh, for an organization that's trying to improve the professionalism of the entire industry. So please join us and run for office. I would love to see you do that. And, uh, you know, it'll be a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, last year we had a really great turnout of both candidates and people voting. So uh, I am looking forward to the future very, very brightly uh, over at the National Society. So Check it out at, at nsitsp.org. And uh, we have we have some some smart interviews. IT Service Provider University helps you improve the business side of your business. We launched IT Service Provider University in 2013, and today we offer more than 20 courses on every aspect of running your consulting business. ITSBU provides training and pathways to certification for individual IT service providers as well as company-level certifications. Pathways include management, technician, sales and marketing, service manager, and front office. Learn more about professional classes and certification at ITSPU.com. All right, welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting, live here with a superstar uh, growth expert in the MSP channel, uh, Jake uh, Gregorich. Gregorich. Jake Gregorich. Got it. Right? There you go. 
Boy, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. I, I thought I had it down until I was looking at it again. Anyway, uh, Jake, welcome, welcome to the program. Thanks, James. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive in. I think we have a quite similar background, so it should be some, some good, valuable conversation. Yeah, you're, you're a sales and marketing guy, so I, I couldn't agree more. So you're with Lira Technology Group, and um, you know we've been we having a little conversation uh, prior, and I, I really like some of the things that we. That, that I'm hearing. But first of all, I understand you're based in Chicago, right? You're up in the, the Wheaton area. Yeah, I actually just moved uh, to, to Darien, but still a suburb about 30 minutes outside of, of Chicago. Okay. And and were you born and raised in in um, the, the Illinois area or where, where are you from? Yeah, I, I just had a four-month-old baby. Uh, he's the, the love of my life. Uh, Congratulations. Him, as well as my wife. Uh, and, and we moved to Darien because our, our parents are about five and 10 minutes away. So yeah, I grew up not, not too far away. All right. That's very cool. I, I love hearing stories like that. So, um, so I know you're somewhat new to Lyra technology group, but uh, tell me a little bit about your background. And then I, I want to hear more about what you guys do. And the, and the big thing I will tell everybody that's listening, stay tuned in because Jake is really the, the VP of growth. Uh, and uh, he leads a large sales and marketing team. So we're going to talk about what's working and what's not working in the channel today. But real quick, tell us a little bit more about Lyra Technology Group. Yeah, I think not dissimilar to, to your background, James, in terms of uh, you know leading the the sales function of of twenty businesses. Um, the only way that's really possible in, in our company is is through our decentralized business model. And so Lyra is a division of an uh, organization called Evergreen Services Group. Evergreen's done 73 or more acquisitions in, since starting five and a half years ago. And we're, we're kind of the antithesis to, to what the rest of private equity is doing in the managed services space, which is buying a lot of companies, centralizing them into a, a platform investment, um, and you know realizing those benefits from consolidations, from efficiency gains, from scale. Um, by by centralizing services. And, and what we've done is kind of recognized early on that, that managed services are, are best delivered locally and with small teams. And so when companies choose to, to partner with us, um, they keep their names, they keep their company logos, their management teams, they own their P&L. So they make all the decisions in their companies. And so they keep that small, local, high accountability team that I think is necessary to deliver good services to the end customers in the, the markets that we serve. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I remember being, you know, a business owner myself, single location, you know, it's lonely at the top. And the the part that I like what you have is you've got a network of MSPs around the country. I'm sure you can leverage each other's resources and then you guys bring a lot to the table as well. So uh, that's awesome. Well, tell let's let's talk about sales and marketing, right? So you you're connected. You see what's working. What what are some of the campaigns or some of the initiatives from a growth standpoint that's working for you guys? Yeah, maybe maybe I'll turn it around and first talk about what's not working and and how it it kind of comes back to to our approach to to growing a, a business. Um, you know, James, there's 40,000 MSPs in the US. And maybe if, if you only count MSPs with more than five employees, there's about 10,000 of them. Um, there's AI that's kind of disrupting a lot of industries and making 
high volume automated outreach, content marketing, uh, really a thing that is now a, a lot of noise because everyone can do it because it's such a low cost of, uh, a barrier to, to entry. And then you have managed service providers. You know, we're the we're the plumbing of IT. We make sure things work. You actually know you're doing a good job when people don't have to call you because that means you're proactive. And so, um, you know, it's not all that sexy, but we are absolutely critical to the success of these businesses. And so, you know, that the fact that you have all this noise, you have all of these competitors, and there's just a, a general lack of, of differentiation in the market. It's really hard, you know, if you ask any business owner, what's their number one challenge? It, almost all of them in the MSB industry are going to say, you know, either finding more opportunities or, you know, closing new logo sales. And, and I think it's because of those really, those three reasons. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. I run peer groups in North America and in a similar fashion, I'm connected to lots of MSPs. Uh, so I get the unique perspective as well of seeing what's working and what's not working, you know, and um, I, I, I you know, the first and foremost, I'll tell you what I see not working is when you don't market your business. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew you'd laugh at that because it, it's all too common. A lot of people just get really busy as a small owner operator that's trying to do everything. And it seems like sales and marketing is the last thing that you want to do. And to me, it's the first thing you need to do, right? If you want to grow, you need to put a plan together, get campaigns going. You need to work your tail off with these campaigns. And you need to do, a, a, there's no one silver bullet. You need to do multiple things. And then when the opportunity comes in, you need to react with reckless abandon and, um, and respond quickly to their request because those first impressions are, are lasting, especially if it's with a, a new prospect. So um, yeah, I see that as well. So um, and anything else on, you know, from your perspective on, on what you see working out there? Yeah, James, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, sales can be scary because it's hard to draw a direct line uh, to ROI before you actually hit like the flywheel of, of all of the deals closing. So, you know, putting in six months, nine months of, of effort and seeing very little results. I think scares people away and lots of businesses will hire a salesperson. They'll see it as a cost center. It'll fail and, and they might not give them enough runway and, and then they kind of give up on it. So, you know, being in the arena is probably the, the first step. Um, so I, I think that's a, a pretty good call out. Just, you know, start, do it. <laughs> There was a, I was at ChannelCon uh, last week, and I ran into a good friend, strategic partner, super smart guy. Um, he's the CEO of Finn Security, uh, Connor Schwalm. And Connor said something. At, at first, I kind of laughed, and then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so simple, but exactly, you know, truth bomb. He said, uh, hey, showing up is 90% of it, just showing up. He said, just showing up is 90% of it. And he was talking about being successful and growing and in winning new accounts. Um, you know, and, and again, it sounds so simple, you know, but uh, everybody gets busy. And, you know, again, it seems like sales and marketing initiatives kind of fall off the wayside and they, they need to be consistent as well, as you know, right? 
Yeah. So I think, you know, a minimally viable plan that you believe in and are willing to run hard at can, can absolutely work. Uh, so then, you know, there is no silver bullet. I'm, I'm happy to kind of go into what I think works uh, from my experience. I, I've been a, a frontline seller, a sales manager, uh, a consultant outside of organizations to, to manage service providers. And now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm overseeing lightly <laughs> uh, yeah. 20, 20 sales kind of and, and marketing organizations um, and they're all at different stages. Um, so, you know, happy to go into that. Although I'm also kind of curious to, to hear what, what you see work and, and what your approach is to, you know, a new customer engages you for consulting services and, and, and what is it that you kind of go in and, and do for them? Well, um, I'm going to be really blunt and forgive my uh, off-color language, but most MSPs suck at marketing, just like I said, because they don't do it. They don't have a plan and they don't they don't know what they're doing. And uh, first and foremost, I just help them put together a plan. My organization doesn't provide marketing services. You know, I'm, I'm a believer in uh, leadership creates the plan, and then you delegate the execution to your coworkers, interns, or, you know, outtask or outsource that to the marketing specialist. But uh, you need a plan. It needs to be diverse. You need multiple touches in different ways from email marketing. Uh, it needs to be educational, and it needs to be entertaining. People want to be entertained. They want to learn something they didn't know before. Cybersecurity is super hot. So, that's a great topic to educate through email, through postcards, through telemarketing efforts. Uh, what And what I see people do as well is they'll just try one of them. Well, I'm just going to hire a dialer and see if I can set up appointments. Or I'm just going to do a, a, a monthly email newsletter and see if that works. And it doesn't work because you've got to do all of these together uh, around a, a campaign and they intertwine with one another. So uh, some of the people I work with do really well with uh, digital marketing. You know, you need a social media presence and all these different campaigns are just to me, windows to get to your website or windows to get to you. Uh, so I like the diverse approach and each geography is a little bit different. You know, some are really hot with social media and some aren't, you know, some respond more to telephones and some respond more to the direct mail. Uh, but again, I think the death wish is when you just try one of them and rely on that. You need a diverse approach. And then I'm a big fan of, you know, face-to-face -face sale selling and, um, you know, knocking on people's doors and, and getting out there with networking and uh, asking for referrals and, and getting face to face with customers because I that's how you get to know them. So that was my yeah. answer. Long winded, but uh, uh, di diverse is really my point. Yeah. So what do you yeah, think? When, it, what, when I think about kind of our approach, I guess as with anything, it, it starts with uh, the the people. Um, and so you know maybe maybe it's because we have financial backers and so we're willing to to take on more risk um, and it's not every dollar out of you know as a an expense is a dollar out of our pocket because we're not the you know the majority owner of, of these companies but I, I think getting the right sales leadership in place is important um, and and going up the pay scale if necessary to, to get the person that's going to build your growth engine it is the most important hire you make, I believe, 
is the the head of sale. And so getting that that correct person is kind of where where it all starts. And and when I think about what the correct person is, of course, everything that people look for in a sales person, hungry, personable, strong work ethic, you know, organized, all of those things are are important, I think kind of obvious. Um, what yeah. might be a little bit less obvious is that I think that leader needs to be a true business partner to the, the CEO. And so they have to be innovative and and thinking commercially um, on, on how you're going to actually create a strategy and direction for the entire business to aim at um, and, and for operations, sales, practice area development to be rowing towards that direction. Uh, and that's kind of how you can start to solve for the lack of differentiation problem. Um, maybe, James, what I can do here is is give you kind of the steps that I think are, are necessary in how to, to specialize your business um, yeah. and, and given a real example of, of one of our companies within the family of Lyra um, that is in the process of doing so and, and doing so quite successfully. Yeah, gather, gather your thoughts real quick on that and let's go into that. I do want to comment and I complete, completely agree with your comment about, you know, a sales-minded culture and you had you said a sales leader or a sales manager. Unfortunately, what I see in the industry is most MSP business owners are not sales oriented. They're not professionally trained as sales professionals, but they're super smart technically. And normally it's you need to outsource that or you need to hire that sales leader to help you build things out and create that sales culture. Uh, you know, I always like saying that you're a sales organization that provides technology services, not you're a technology company trying to, you know, do sales and marketing. <clears throat> you know, it starts with that mindset. So that's a great point, Jake. Yeah. And when you think about getting that business partner, if you are an individually owned MSP, you know, what levers do you have? You, you know, if this person is going to be a true business partner to, to you and you want them to share in the upside, the, the most having looked at you know over a hundred probably MSP deals uh, to, to to do acquisitions of um, a lot of the ones that were very successful gave some sliver of equity to a sales minded person uh, because they were technical and now they align that person's interests to yep. grow the business and 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 that's how they're able to bridge also some compensation gaps. So I think that can be a, an interesting lever to pull for a, for a small individually owned and operated MSP. Yep. Okay. Um yeah, I guess getting getting into kind of the the strategy here and I guess maybe I could just share the story. Um wh where we always recommend starting if you're going to let's say you just were hired or you hired someone to, to lead your sales function is really with your current clients. You know, where can we do account research and figure out in our businesses who owns these, these customers? Um, a lot of times a business owner owns multiple businesses. Maybe there's a, a trend because you have a referral source and you just happen to have a big footprint into a certain industry vertical, you know, it could be healthcare. In this case, I'm going to give the example of, of the Department of Defense. So people with CMMC requirements, um, our company, uh, Laser Point, which is based in Cleveland, shout out to, to Dave Laser, who, who ran an amazing business for 26 years and is now transitioning that company. Dave was the principal-led sales founder. And 
as he thinks about transitioning his company and becoming an advisor and stepping out of the the day-to-day he elevated his number two guy, which was more of a technical and operations person into the CEO chair. And, and we brought in uh, someone I had worked with in, in my past and had a lot of uh, confidence in a guy named Grant Menard to, to lead the sales function. And so we're going through this process, like many, of how do we solve for principal-led sales? There's a, a ceiling there, whether you've you know sold your business or not. Uh, on just yeah. how big your network is. And so how can you break through that ceiling? You need to, to build a real sales engine that scales beyond just the owner's network. Um, and so what did you know me and Grant kind of work on in primarily grants is, is looking at the current client base. And so what they identified is that they had eight customers that were in the DOD supply chain. One of those businesses is a holding company and has several, I think, 10 or 12 investments um, that that they own and, and operate. And so we have this, you know, the, the best possible reference point is, uh, hey, you ha- you're the, the company that owns your business is our customer and will vouch for the services we do. And, you know, within, within the DOD, so, so now we have a, a starting point. We're on second base, right? We have this customer base. We have people that will get on reference calls for us. We have case studies. We have specialization in terms of the service delivery and understanding the compliance that are necessary. And I, I kind of recommend at that point doing something, you know, a lot of people call, call, talk about the ideal customer profile. I talk about the yep. ideal audience profile. And, you know, I don't need to go into the ICP. I think lots of people have, have done so. But when we talk about expanding that to the, the audience profile, that's what topics are hot and interesting in CMMC. That's you know the new rules that that they're coming out with in the next year or so. What are yeah. the channels? So there's you know Summit Seven uh, is a top Microsoft CMMC partner. Uh, a company called Ancura is doing cyber and compliance work within the, the channel uh, of CMMC. Um, you know, who are the buyers, who are the influencers in this, the, the peers and, and what communities exist. And so when you lay out the audience profile, now putting a plan together to get really intentional about like this quarter, we're going to go to the you know peer groups within CMMC and we're gonna go to these four events and we're going to go on to these podcasts. And what are we going to do from a practice area standpoint? We're hiring uh, one of those channel partners uh, to guide us through becoming CMMC compliant as an MSP. Well, what's a great way to start start a strategic partnership is like giving that strategic partner business. And so if we can right. partner with, with one of those organizations that take us through compliance um, and they're able to now leverage their network uh, to be able to, to provide a more complete IT services offering through their partners. Uh, that's yeah. that's a good win for everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love the focus. That's more of a sniper strategy, you know, instead of that shotgun blast that so many people try. Um, but uh, anyway, that's, that's fantastic. And, and in my background, I've got a lot of government sales experience you know, specifically into the prime contractor space. So that's a hot market. That really is. Uh, and, and there's more and more regulation. Uh, so 
to me, that means the, the more regulation, the more opportunity <laughs> normally. Uh, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going through your website, Jake, and uh, I see some familiar faces up there. I think there's some some uh, success stories that are part of your network now. Uh, and there's some clients that I've worked with in the past as well, uh, even right there in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I think you're referring to to Mike Ruder and Don Sofalo at at OSG. Um, you know, quite frankly, that their business um, was absolutely on a rampage terror before my time. I, I started with Lyra seven months ago, so I cannot take any credit for this success. Um, but I know that they hired you quite a a while ago to to professionalize their their sales function, and they were actually you know the top performing company within our, our family of, of 73 businesses last year. So I, I think that, you know, speaks some volumes to some of the work that you're doing, as well as um, the guys over at OSG and their, their maniacs, they're, they're as good as they, they come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're superstars. They're very bright, uh, incredibly intelligent. Uh, they've got that drive. And uh, anyway, it's impressive to see that they're part of your organization and I'm glad they're making a, a difference there. So, well, that's exciting. Well, Jake, I uh, I want to thank you for being on the program. I hope the listeners gathered up some of the nuggets that uh, Jake was sharing. So uh, congratulations on you guys' growth and everything going on. How can people get a hold of you if they've got questions or, or actually just want to learn more about your organization? What's a good way to reach out to you? Yeah, I think just on LinkedIn, Jake Gregorich, if, if you send me a direct message, I'm, I'm pretty active. I'll, I'll usually get back to you pretty pretty quick. Uh, and I'm you know, always looking to have conversations with MSPs, MSP business owners, sale talent on, on whether it's you know exiting their business, whether it's sales strategy within their companies uh, or, or overall challenges that they're facing. So please do reach out. All right. All right, Jake, thanks again for being on the program. Uh, I will catch up with you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks for checking it out. And we look forward to seeing you again at the next SMB Community Podcast. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.